Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I am your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and encourage you, connecting you with people and resources so you really believe and know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode, number 340, I like that nice round number, I'm welcoming back Ruth Joe Simons. And so if you're listening this morning and you're feeling like you're some of your failures, um, that is why Jesus came. Yeah. He, he literally came because we cannot save ourselves. And so if you're feeling like you're lacking, you're, you don't need to stay there because he replaces the lack with the fullness of he will transform your life through Jesus. But you have to kind of give up the, the constant tight grip over your performance, your approval seeking, you're trying to get it all right and say, I surrender. My kids are not my project to perfect. I'm the one that God is trying to sanctify and change. And my kids get to be a part of that fruit in my life. It's another in-person interview with Ruth. And I am so thankful because I feel like it's jumping off from last week's conversation with Jamie Ivey, how we talked about truth you need when you feel like a bad mom. This one is really digging into how do we get to that place of feeling like a bad mom? What are we adding to the already built-in challenges of balancing motherhood and careers and all the things? And, you know, what do you do when you want me to reset? You feel that striving coming over. You know you can't be a perfect mom. But how do we stop ourselves from demanding that of ourselves and of our kids? And how do we trust God more instead of living in that place of fear and overwhelm? So I hope it is an encouragement to you. Between Ruth and I, we have 10 boys and we are both kind of out of that season of managing a lot of little people. We have more helpers. And so I hope it is an encouragement to you of um, future. (laughs) And it's okay if you're not all the things right now. That's okay. Let's get right to it. Here we go. Okay, Ruth. Welcome to my house. This is so fun. I'm so glad I'm here in person. I mean. This is my first time on the podcast, I think. No. Are you sure? Sister third. You came on episode six. Okay. It was that long ago. Oh, my goodness. And then I looked it up two years ago. We talked about what you behold, you become, (gasps) and then Troy came on. Oh, friend. We'll put all those links in the show notes. Oh, my goodness. But we were friends way before podcasting yes, was but a I've thing. never been here. You have never been to my house. Yes. We've driven around Dallas. Yes, and I feel like we've had many, many conversations. So I think they all blur together. They all I'm blur like, together. And we've been watching. We met because Sally Clarkson said, you have to meet each other. You both oh, are moms yes. of boys. You both have a heart for moms to recognize mm-hmm. this is hard. Yeah. Holy work. You had your... Hashtag motherhood is sanctifying. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> which I just talked with Jamie Ivy about. Yeah. Um, but today I'd love to talk about encourage the mom who's in those years with young kids, and mm. there is already built in a lot mm-hmm. to do, just actual tasks. Yeah. And then I think for these moms more than even us, there's another layer of the appearance mm-hmm. and looking satisfied, and then you throw on the Christian layer of. Yeah. <laughs> Doing the devotions right or yeah. the schooling right. And right. 
So how do we, yes, we have to do so much. How do we hold on to the whole striving and not making mm-hmm. it this effortful? You know, so for anyone who's listening and we haven't met before, I'm <laughs> lit- I'm a mama to six boys. Six and I can't boys. believe our, our boys have never met. Um, oh, one that of would have been fun. Would, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll come to you though, because you be have mountains. really fun. <laughs> yeah. But um, being a mama to six boys, my oldest is 19 and my youngest is eight. So... I'm just kind of out of those little years. I mean, eight, really, I still remember when my oldest was eight and I had eight, six, four, two. I mean, some <laughs> of you out there are you know, <laughs> nodding your heads. And, and I, whenever I see someone who is in that season, I go, friend, I totally remember how this feels because those are the years where nobody can quite make dinner yet. Nobody can <laughs> There's really, not a lot of helpers. Yeah. It's not yeah. really like starting laundry and then taking it to completion. It might be like, I kind of got laundry started, you know? Um, and so I really do remember those years. And I remember clearly how those years felt. And that was a while ago. I mean, 10 years ago, really a decade ago was when I was really full on in those little years. And now in 10 years time, I mean- I, I don't have to explain it to anyone, but Instagram is around, TikTok's around. Like we have so much input and so much yeah. going on. Podcasts have exploded. Way right? too many mom podcasts. Right? You started a podcast before people <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. were actually podcasting like to this degree. And so as young moms, whether you're young in age or not, but just as a mom who has young ones, there's so much coming at us saying, this is what you can do to be more, do better, get your family in order, um, how you can make sure that you're completely organizing your pantry <laughs> shelves the way they're supposed to be. With the right labels. There's right. a reel for that. Oh yeah. my goodness, right? Yes, yes. And it's so overwhelming. It was overwhelming for me when my kids were little. And it's, I can't even imagine how overwhelming it might be right now if you have littles at home and you're just trying to keep them alive. And there's this much coming at you saying, if you do this, you'll be more efficient, more successful. And you might even be able to squeeze in um, being on a board at a nonprofit and (laughs) starting your own business. Like it seems like it might look like, do you agree? Like it might feel like everyone on the internet is like multitasking better than you. And everyone on the internet is like doing something incredibly meaningful with their lives while their homes look like anthro. Am I right? And people might, I mean, we, you and I have talked about this before. Mm-hmm. People would judge that of you because yeah. you have this gorgeous setting and you have an eye for beauty. And so your home is gorgeous. But like you said, we didn't, I didn't take pictures of what my mm-hmm. house looked like when I had lots of little kids. And I am more of a creative. There's a lot of things I don't do. Yeah. So yep. if moms, I will, I was just talking on the phone with a mom. She said, I don't know how you have time mm-hmm. to do these podcasts mm-hmm. and yada and write the book. And I said, you don't know all the things I'm not doing. Exactly. And I love to say, just as a quick encouragement right off the bat, like you can do everything you want to seek to do. You just can't do them all at At the the same same time time. in the same season. And so I love that you said that, Heather, because at the end of the day, like you only see a snippet of what people are doing and you do not know the cost, you know, that it's costing them to do those things. Somebody who has to keep their home in an immaculate condition may very well miss other opportunities and that's a priority of their lives. And so, um, so just, you know, right off the bat, I would just say there was a season in my life for sure. When I felt like I, you know, my ship's passing me by, I'm Mm -hmm. never going to. I'm missing out on all the opportunities. And I remember when people were making money 
on their blogs and starting businesses and writing books. And I was like, I'm just trying to nurse and change a diaper and trying to keep my children alive. And you know what the best thing looking back now, because I say this just so that anyone, because we're not here in person together. So you're listening in, maybe you've seen my Instagram post, or maybe you've seen my book. I'm almost 46. I'm going to be 46 in a, in a two weeks, I think. And I will say, I sometimes feel like in the world of 25 year olds starting everything that I feel like a late bloomer, but there's mm. no such thing in God's timing and mm. God's economy of, of ideas and opportunities. And those years, those like 10 years where I was like, Hmm, why are things happening so slowly? Am I really making the most of every moment of every day? God taught me more in the slow waiting hidden moments of a season that didn't look the way I wanted it to. And those things are fruitful. They, they've created the fruit that you see now in my 40s. And so I don't know who's listening and who may be 20s, 30s, maybe 40s as well with me, but you're never too late. But what you're receiving in terms of what the Lord's teaching you right now in your season of motherhood, it'll make all the difference for the season to come. Okay, so I know we're we're going to cease striving, but maybe you have a mission to be the best gift giver ever this year. And it's never too early to start crossing things off your list so you're not stressed when it comes to November, December. And whether you're shopping for your mom or your dad or teenager in-laws or somebody who's really challenging to find a gift for, Uncommon Goods makes it easy to find something remarkable and truly original for anyone. I love some of their sports-themed gifts like um, baseball park map glasses or other things related to baseball. If you have someone who has a specific team they love, maybe they love to grill. There are so many unique grilling, like a personal pizza maker. Um, It's $35. They have a nitro cold brew coffee maker for the coffee enthusiast in your life. I feel like as men get older, they kind of narrow in on different things that they love. Maybe he's a gardener. Whatever it is, if you go to Uncommon Goods, you're going to find thousands of items to choose from and things you're not going to find other places. So I don't know what your holiday shopping looks like this year, but please go check out Uncommon Goods. Some of their stuff sells out fast. And if you want to find high quality, unique, often handmade or made in the U.S., they have the most meaningful and out of the ordinary gifts anywhere. And with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice. They've donated more than two and a half million dollars to date. So get 15% off your next gift. Go to uncommongoods.com slash DMA. That's uncommongoods.com slash DMA for Don't Mom Alone. Get 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, because we're all out of the ordinary. I think the flashy... And the stages give us this false impression that that's the goal of success. Mm, Instead of, I mean, if you really listen to people's testimonies, it's often (laughs) a person they knew Mm -hmm. that invested in them. Absolutely. A mom that walked with them through a hard Mm -hmm. time, a friend who was available. Mm -hmm. That is 
the deep impact that Jesus modeled mm-hmm. of close relationships with his three, with his 12. Mm-hmm. And the power of that gets so overblown by celebrity right. culture. Right. Because when you're in relationship, and I love, you know, the title of your book is Don't Mom Alone <laughs> and the title of the podcast, you know, that when you're not momming alone, you're ultimately signing up for the long and not instant work of relationship you're you're signing up for something that takes time yeah. and is vulnerable and is hard but oftentimes i think this is why you know i've been working on this topic of striving i've been thinking through what is it that we're striving for and why are we striving like this and sometimes striving alone right so the opposite oh, of right right the right, opposite right. of momming with others is to strive in your own strength, strive behind the screen and then being like, ta-da, look what I've done. <laughs> yeah. Look how great I am. Yeah. And I, and me telling my story through when striving sees and thinking through all this is realizing that so much of it is that we're not going to our redemption in Christ for our identities. We're not going to the Lord for what truly satisfies. We're going, okay, I can find it in my home. I can find it in approval. I will have belonging if I just do these things or I just achieve here. Or, you know, going to soccer practice with your kids and going, I need to strive to make sure I'm the 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 team mom, the best mom, my kids the most well-behaved and all that striving. What is it really for? It's because we feel a lack and an emptiness and a fear, a lack of receiving love, thinking that we will be left behind Mm. and not loved if we don't achieve, accomplish, or produce at the level that somebody wants us to. So we start hustling and trying to make ourselves perfect. And that striving, I think I like to define striving in our own strength, kind of like, you know, anxiously toiling for something we don't trust God for. Mm. So if you're lonely in motherhood, striving might look like anxiously trying to prove that you don't need people. You're, you're fine. You're fine. You're oh, gonna the just, you're fine. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, doing, we're, we're fine. doing, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm doing fine. And that kind of striving is really just covering up something that you don't trust God for. So you're trying to like remedy the loneliness yourself, right? Or busying yourself so much that you're constantly doing things. And so it can look different ways, but yeah. that's still striving, right? Yeah. And so I just think sometimes as moms, we excuse ourselves from this assessment that would help us recognize, yeah, you're tired. It's true. Like there's grace for, obviously there's grace for seasons of weariness and seasons where you're getting up a lot at night. But there are moments when we have to stop and say, what are you anxiously striving for? And did God make you intend for you to be trying to get it through the anxious means that you're you're applying, you know? Yeah. Because there are the tasks. Yeah. Absolutely. But I know for myself, I added to them, and it's exactly what you're describing yeah. from a place of not understanding my true identity, yeah. not understanding the truth of the gospel, not not resting in that, mm-hmm. making my kids the idol. Yeah. That others' acceptance of them is others' acceptance of me, just tying yeah. Yeah. that performance and behavior to my identity and worth so tightly mm-hmm. that that's a that's a weight. For yeah. my kids. Yeah. And it only disconnects us if they feel like, well, I better perform. Right. Or else my mom will get angry. Yeah. Or stressed. Or, I mean, I've added that. And you, more important than yeah. even worrying. I mean, because when we do that, we are affecting the way they are as human beings. Like, yes. I mean, it really is like yeah. affecting them. But even more than just 
like psychologically how we're affecting our children, we're not putting the gospel on display. No, right. They don't get to learn um, what it looks like to be recipients of grace and what what Paul meant when he said, you're saved by grace through faith, not of your own works. Don't boast about it. Like yeah. it's, I mean, that's literally what we're told. Like Jesus did all that you can't do. But when mom acts like, nobody's living up to my standards. <laughs> None of you are doing what you're supposed to do because look at how good I'm doing everything. I'm working so hard to make sure that I'm perfect. Then how will they ever see that we really need grace unless we show yeah. the fact that we can't, we are not made to be perfect and we're not made to um, find our approval in others. And so sometimes I just think, you know, you can assess and see where you're at by listening to the words that come out of your mouth by mm. seeing what you're prioritizing as the most important thing in your home. Do you raise your voice when your house isn't fluffed and perfect? Do you get angry when the meal isn't, doesn't turn out exactly the way you want or non-organic, you know, things show up at the table and it's not the way you want it or whatever it is, or yeah. whatever your thing is that makes you feel really anxious. Like, Oh, this is not perfect. I know I can think of so many things like that. And sometimes it's even my kids' attitudes and how they clean their rooms. That's a good moment for me to go, wow, the words that come out of my mouth, just like you said, Heather, point to the fact that I'm worshiping their performance rather than worshiping God who made it possible for me to be imperfect and welcomed nevertheless. It's like our striving causes the striving to carry on to the next mm -hmm. generation because we're basically reinforcing yeah. and saying, this no, you need to strive for yeah. your worth. And yeah. no, that is super important. Is there a moment you can think of in your motherhood journey where you had this switch flip, mm -hmm. like where maybe you were doing that striving and mm -hmm. wishing, feeling like you were missing out on opportunities or why am mm -hmm. I not able to do all the things? And then you just recognize God's mm -hmm. grace for you? Well, Honestly, I mean, there's too many moments and it happens all the time. <laughs> right. I would say when I think about motherhood, my motherhood journey, I do not recall a single moment where I recognized the grace of God, knew how to put Jesus on display and then never turned back. Like it's a daily thing. In <laughs> fact, so much so that I, I can recall even in recent, you know, months where I might have yelled at my family and said, I don't understand why we can't figure out the routine here. And I'm saying something really like inflammatory, like, can't anybody else just get it right? Look at how hard I'm working on this. And yeah. I see the response of my kids. I see them going, yeah, we're losers or something, or we can't figure this out. Or even, or then bitterness of like, no, we are, we're trying really hard. Yeah. Why are you so impatient? And this isn't all the time, praise God. It's not like all the time that this is happening, but once a season when I'm really stressed or when things are chaotic, something like that comes out of my mouth, which I realize, I, I go, oh my goodness, I am literally thinking that the head of this household is perfection and non-chaos and everybody knowing exactly what to do so that nobody ever has to be disappointed in somebody else. So, you know, in my book, I literally have quite a few areas where I talk about disappointment in others and in ourselves, lack of forgiveness, because so much of that is us saying, strive harder to make me happy. Yeah. And Jesus came so that striving would not be our measurement for success. And um, like you said, sometimes I reinforce it and I have to stop myself and go, 
This is not at all living in the light of the grace that saved me. And so, you know, you hear me say a lot, preaching truth to yourself. I live by that because I really don't remember half the time something comes out of my mouth and I go, wait, oh my goodness, I've not realigned with truth. So I have to reset and say, hey guys, um, I don't think I'm remembering the truth here and I need to adjust. I'm sorry that I brought you all into what really is the problem between me and the Lord. And I, and I'm really talking to him about it and I'm realigning with truth now. It's so helpful. That's good words for the mom who's feeling that, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we make these mistakes and we, there is some guilt and mm-hmm. making it right. Yeah. But then we'll layer shame that I am wrong, which only reinforces the striving. Yeah. And I think like you're saying, when it comes out with words of perform, so you, you don't disappoint me, mm-hmm. Uh, or anger. I think for me, the anger was in fear Mm. or overwhelm. Mm -hmm. And whenever I feel overwhelmed, I have to say, what am I afraid of? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What am I afraid of? So in the disappointment, what am I afraid of? I love that. Yeah. That's exactly what we have to do. And we have to like dig in there. Mm -hmm. So, and I know from your story, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of fitting in and Mm -hmm. shaping yourself to be acceptable to others. Absolutely. I think, you know, a lot of the striving because I was, I was born in Taiwan, immigrated to the States when I was almost um, four, almost five. And um, in that between two worlds upbringing, I had the Western culture of like, am I wearing the right brand of jeans, which was Jordache, by the way, (laughs) in the 80s. And then it was Guess. Right? Oh, yeah. Remember? And then a Benetton uh, was yes, kind of a thing. Yes. Yeah. And then do you remember when um, the shirts that changed colors? Oh, my goodness. What are we talking about? Like, the, like, like the, the, the heat. Um, oh, the heat touch kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. So anyway. Now so, we have sequins that switch. Right, right, right. Feel. Yeah. Um, but it, the Western side of my upbringing was like constantly looking at, do you measure up yeah. in your looks? I mean, and back then, I don't know if you remember, but there were, weren't a lot of resources for Asian you know, mm. makeup or mm. like I could never find a color match at, um, mm. you know, at the clinic counter. Um, and so really feeling like I couldn't fit. I don't know how to like belong, but then in the Asian American side, I was not, whether it was in my own home or not, it was in my community, you know, in my Asian community, this idea of like achieve, don't get a B when you can get an A, study work harder, harder. Yeah, work yeah. harder. Yeah. Don't go to a dumb, you know, university someday, be the best, get into Stanford if you can, you know, like all that. I mean, most of my Asian American friends were like me, played the piano, tried the violin probably, or were <laughs> concert pianists and violinists, you know, um, champion skiers. I'm not, but, <laughs> but you know, doing a multi- myriad yeah. of amazing things all at once. So living between two cultures really meant that I was always looking to my left or right to, mm. to see how I could live up to other people's standards, measure up, not disappoint anyone. And really, Heather, what it really boiled down to was I just wanted to be known and yeah. loved and yeah. seen and belong. And so as a first grader, that might look like wanting to belong and be accepted in the lunchroom or be accepted by Western Caucasian friends who had cute blonde hair and they hadn't met any little Asian friends before. Um, I mean, this was like the eighties, you know, and in Albuquerque, New Mexico, by the way. And so I was very, very alone, but having the upbringing where 
sometimes in Asian culture, there can be such a priority placed on honor and being excellent that even if the love is wrapped up in there, it feels like you are what you do. Yeah. And I think whether you are between two cultures or not, whether you have any experience with feeling that way culturally or not, we are all living under the pressure of you are as good as you look or as great as your house is or as many as, likes as you got yes, on Instagram exactly. posts. Or, or as well as you do in your everyday or life. Or as well as your kids do yes, on, in school or in sports. Right, or, right. And yeah. so there's a mom listening right now who is likely feeling like, she is the sum of all her uh, mom awards. <laughs> yes, yeah. achievement. Yeah. yeah. Or on the flip side, she's the sum of all her failures. Mm. And I think we're talking to either a mom who's feeling like she's driving to the fifth place she's driven to this morning and she's knocking it out and she's feeling like, yeah, I'm just holding it all together and people can rely on me and I've got 10 more things to do today and I'm going to be great at it. And she's maybe somewhat living in the lie of, if I just keep achieving and staying a step ahead, everybody will like me. Or there might be somebody who's listening this morning and she's about to give up because that's all striving can do. Striving can either lead you to constantly hustling more or saying, I give up altogether. Mm. And so if you're listening this morning and you're feeling like you're some of your failures, um, that is why Jesus came. Yeah. He, he literally came because we cannot save ourselves. And so if you're feeling like you're lacking, you're, you don't need to stay there because he replaces the lack with the fullness of he will transform your life through Jesus. But you have to kind of give up the, the constant tight grip over your performance, your approval seeking. You're trying to get it all right and say, I surrender. But my kids are not my project to perfect. I'm the one that God is trying to sanctify and change. And my kids get to be a part of that fruit in my life. Mm. It's just hard. It's hard work to surrender. I like to share with y'all things that work for me. And one of the things that works for me is Thrive Market. What it is, is an online membership-based market with a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. What I personally love is that I get to try unique products because the great reviews people leave. For instance, I just put in my basket this last month a probiotic vitamin C renewal cream and I've been using it every day and I've had fewer breakouts than I've had in months and months and months, particularly wearing masks, a little acne, maskne. Anyway, I love that. And then I also love that I can get some of my pantry essentials at a reduced price, like my organic vanilla extract for half the cost that it would be at my grocery store. If you want to check it out, you can get these member-only prices and you can check out based on whatever you know specific eating plan you guys are on. If you're gluten-free or vegan um, or you really want non-GMO products, they have them on the website you can search by that unique diet. What's great is when you join, you give back. Through Thrive Gives, their one-for-one -one membership matching program, for every paid membership, you sponsor a free one for a family that is low income. I love their model. I love the products, every product I've gotten from them, and how it comes straight to my door, which is the greatest convenience. If you wanna go check it out, go to thrivemarket.com slash dm. 
A for Don't Mom Alone. Join today to get $20 off your first order and a free gift of your choosing. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, market.com slash DMA to get $20 off your first order and a free gift. Thrivemarket.com slash DMA. So she has a moment. She's um, got the, and you can picture this. I can picture this. You know, the one that's, has no bottoms on, just the diaper <laughs> crawling around that, with yes. a sippy cup somewhere that's got rotten milk and the other one who's, you know, starting to draw on the wall or, and then the other one maybe asking for help on, they need to read aloud or, you know, all of the chaos yeah. going on and it's not glamorous. And that work feels because it is work and you're you're not saying work is bad because God no, gave us work and no. it's good. And and in that season, it feels unending. It feels it like it feel doesn't like it's ever, stop. No, because at the end of the day, you still have laundry and repeat, they're still repeat, sticky repeat. on the counter. Yeah. And tomorrow morning, you do have to get up and it does feel like, oh my goodness, well, of course I have to drive my kids to school. And of course, like there's no, who else is going to do this, 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 and this? There's always a list. What was that quote you used to have in the kitchen about work? Is a philosopher from a long time ago, and um, it was cease endlessly striving um, to do what you want to do and learn to love what must be done. Mm. And ultimately, that's a secular, he was a secular philosopher, it was a secular mindset, but it ties into biblically the concept of ultimately cease striving because God's placed you. He's God. I mean, well, that's what we ultimately know yeah. from the Psalms. Cease striving because he's God. But because he's God, he's created you for a purpose on purpose right now. So yeah. you don't have to be striving for what you want to do, that little life that's going to come around the bend 10 years from now when your kids are, you know, getting A's and not troublemaking at school or whatever it is. Your life doesn't begin then. It begins now. You can see striving now by trusting that God is at work in your life. And what does that look like practically? I mean, you just described a very, very familiar scene that yeah. all of us, I mean, I'm not much out of that scene. That scene still looks like my house sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the three ring circus. So, yeah. so really the, the practical application of that is you have to choose to rest. Rest isn't something that's just going to magically come over you when you play a worship playlist and your kids are coloring quietly. You have to actually say, Hey guys, it feels chaotic in here. I don't thrive when I'm, when I feel chaotic and I'm sure you don't either. You guys are starting to fight. Let's reset and remember who's in control today. It's not mama. It's not you guys. We're all trying to control. We're all trying to make it better. And sometimes at our house, it really does help to just set reset and stop and actually go, okay, a couple of things, you know, sometimes we go for a walk. Sometimes we all do say it's a 10 minute we're going to listen to some music and we're all going to do something quiet to reset and remember that God is still God. Sometimes it really does mean that this is the perfect time that we're going to have a little bit of a family meeting or family worship time. You know, sometimes it's straight up like, let's read our Bibles together and let's read something aloud and remember. But a lot of times it's me saying and confessing, I feel anxious today mm-hmm. and I feel sad today. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can't do this. And God made me your mom on purpose. And sometimes I don't feel good at it. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I don't have to be good at it. 
I just have to be faithful to the Lord. And so mm-hmm. you can watch me start over, boys, with saying, okay, Lord, I need your help. I can't do this on my own. And right, quite frankly, and I say to the kids often, you can say that, you can borrow that prayer too, mm-hmm. you know, that you you can't do this on your own. And that's a good place to start. And mm-hmm. so just some practical things that I think, I don't know that we've any of us have ever gotten further by pushing harder. I think sometimes mm-hmm. when we feel like we're coming to like that breaking point of like, why am I trying so hard and I'm getting nowhere? <laughs> yeah. It's a good reminder that we were made to rest and to reset. And that word we use with Sabbath, mm-hmm. which means to cease. Yeah. It's to trust mm-hmm. that it's not me yeah. that provides. Yeah. I get to co-labor with Christ yes. and he has provided already. I'm seeing behind you a little picture my friend gave me last year. Today's Sukkot, Mm. which is the Jewish feast. Mm -hmm. And we were together and she gave us that Sukkot. You sit around and you, it's almost like a Thanksgiving Mm. and you each share how God has provided Mm -hmm. for you. And I think that's another way to preach to yourself of he is the one. Yeah. I, I do my part where I am. Mm -hmm. I do make the, you know, do the work that he's assigned me to do, whether it's in the home or out of the home. Mm But it's this added, that's what striving feels like. It's yeah. this added to the work yeah. of, like you said, well, the hustle of like, like I, have to, I have to say yes to that. For me, yes, that's often the yes right. or no. Am I saying yes to that? Because I think that's going to get me ahead. Right. That's exactly what it is. It's constantly, here's the thing, moms. There's no formula. No, no. Like, like, what not, is that? Chapter we're not, two. We're not going to get. We're no not going to get to the end yeah. of this podcast and say. Therefore, this is how Heather does it. This is how Ruth does it. Right. And if you do one of these ways, <laughs> you're going to be fine. No, no, that's why this is a conversation. There's no formula. So right off the bat, there's no formula. Yeah. But the reality is, you know, when you're saying yes or adding a strategy or trying to stay up till midnight because you think. If you just push a little harder, your life will be perfect. Mm. And that's when you have to be honest and say, Lord, am I going to myself and my own strength? Am I relying on my own striving to get me ahead? Or do I trust you that you are in control of my life? And so when we start there, then we can assess whether we say yes or no. We can assess whether tonight's a late night that we have to keep folding laundry or we should go to bed earlier. It's about the heart. And I think we spend so little time really assessing our hearts. We just keep producing and producing and producing and trying to run faster and faster. And I think about, you know, the the most familiar parenting passage, you know, Deuteronomy 6. And when we look at that, what are we told there? We're not really given a formula except that, to talk about what he's done, just like what you said, talk about what God has done with our kids at all times. Meaning, rather than talk about God for the five minutes at the <laughs> breakfast table and then spend the rest of the day thinking how you could <laughs> strive you know, and work. And because and, yeah. really, that could have been, and then the rest of the day, go plant your you know fields and go um, do your work and go plow. Do right, all in an things. agricultural society. Right. It, wasn't it wasn't like, like play with go, your kids. And go, yeah. go, go, do those things. And then talk about God at the end of the day. Yeah. It was like, yeah. go tell your kids about God all the time. What he's done when you're standing, when you're walking, when you're laying down. Meaning, make it an everyday, all the time conversation that God is faithful and he will provide. And it's not about our doing better and more. And I think that's don't a good you, place to Don't start. you find like those conversations with your kids? I, I think in my season of my faith and even as a mom – 
they're easier when I'm in a good place with God and I'm actually connecting with him, not through someone else's words or someone else's experience, but God's word, me, Mm -hmm. time. (laughs) Like, and I know, again, in that chaos, that feels overwhelming. And I've shared this before. A mentor said, just leave a Bible open on the counter. Read a verse. But he will find you there. It's living, active word of God. And then you have something to talk to your kids about. Absolutely. Yeah. And and for our family, a lot of times we do audio Bible. And, oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. just make sure that there are moments where it can be heard through the home mm. or heard in the car. And we can talk about something we're hearing together, you know. It's so good. Um, I think you're amazing. I think you're amazing. Um, and it's been fun. I was thinking back to even when you got started and you were making your prints and you mm. were the one. I mean, I have handwritten mm. notes from you. You were packaging them up mm-hmm. and you were faithful. And I think sometimes moms who have young children and again are putting that pressure at the age of 20, 30 to be where you are now, mm. I think it's such a good reminder, like you've already been saying, that there was a time and there was a place and there was a growth and it wasn't easy. Yeah, and it wasn't overnight. And it wasn't overnight. And it wasn't because I took a class on (laughs) how to start a business or a webinar on 10 ways to grow your platform. It wasn't that. It was actually born out of just living in the life that God's already given me at that time. And at that time, Heather, it didn't look like public speaking or writing books or even running a business. It looked like loving well the people right in front of me. Yeah, It looked like doing the best I can and leaving the rest and just saying, okay, so my house won't be perfectly decorated in this season. So I may not have a home cooked meal every time. Sometimes it's frozen pizza. And sometimes I have to truly apologize for when I lose my temper and yell at my kids. I'm not a perfect mom. Learning some of those things meant that later on, when we turned a corner, when seasons changed, when people started tying their own shoes, that there was a season when God said, and here's your moment, child. Yeah. Take take the opportunity I'm giving you. And when I stepped into that, I didn't feel like I was striving. I just knew I was stepping into what God had already prepared me for, for a whole decade before. And so for anyone who has a creative bone or like, a, oh my goodness, I just really wish I wanted what could do this with my life, or I've always felt like I was meant to do such and such but I, I'm not doing it right now. Don't give up on those dreams, but recognize that the timing of those dreams have everything to do with what he's doing in your heart right now, yeah. where you are. And so steward that well now. I um, was holding a baby on my hip when a mom, I mm-hmm. wanted to get involved with the human trafficking mm-hmm. effort, like helping mm-hmm. free women here in Dallas. And I was talking to my mom and at a had a sidelines of some game and she said no you just need to do that right now and it was so discouraging mm. i felt really like mm. punched in the gut of what mm. i have to wait i have this what and then another friend when i was going to write the book mm-hmm. nine years ago mm-hmm. and i called her and she's um in publishing and she said well, why don't you just wait five years and i thought five years mm-hmm. that's an eternity right <laughs> so long and it feels like i'm gonna miss out i'm gonna yeah. the, this is God's opportunity he's bringing right now. And I mm-hmm. wouldn't want to be disobedient. These are the mm-hmm. things too. And I agree with you so much that the things God's grown in me through prayer, through community, mm-hmm. through friends, through his word. Oh my goodness. My soul couldn't have handled all that is required mm-hmm. in this season back then. And there's such a 
depth of understanding of who he is and that grace we're talking about and what the point of making a podcast, what the point of writing a book is versus (laughs) what I thought it was 10 years ago that, oh, he's so kind Mm -hmm. to trust that he's good and it's, it's for his glory and for your good. Like, absolutely. How crushing could it have been for me? He's so kind that I didn't walk through some of the things I thought I wanted to. Absolutely. And don't you think that ultimately you're finding that you're serving others and not serving yourself. And I think so much of what we want to do with our lives, sometimes, if we're honest, is about serving ourselves. And so the Lord is kind and merciful to cause us to wait until he can renew a spirit in us that will align ourselves with service to him and service to others, because ultimately that's the legacy that counts. Mm. And I think in our mother too, I Mm -hmm. think when it becomes this pouring out and service um, and love instead of a perform so I am loved, Mm -hmm. your kids feel that difference. I know that I go in and out of that season with my boys and especially we can relate on the boy thing. Boys are not very easily controlled. And so that can be a bit yeah. overwhelming if the expectation is you have to be controlled so that I am liked. Yeah. So, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm thrilled that you came to Thanks my for house. Having me. I'm excited for this book, When Striving Cease. I'm excited for yours too. Same day. To, yeah, I know we get to share a oh, book birthday. Is that so. it? That's what they call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what. <laughs> Tell it me is. what they call it, Ruth. You go for me. We'll put all the links in. Is there a specific one for this book? When strivings cease book.com. There it is. We'll yep. put it in there. And I hope we get to see each other very soon again in person. Thanks for having me. Of course. So thankful for Ruth and her words here and her words in her book, When Strivings Cease. We put a link to that in the show notes. And I don't know if you all need a reset right now. I don't know if you need a 10 minutes of worship music blaring in your house, um, a quiet space. I don't know if you need to hear that whoever you're elevating in your mind is having it all together maybe falling apart behind the scenes that we don't often see the whole story of someone's life and the enemy wants us to stay hidden in shame if we have something hard going on right now. I know so many people walking through challenging marriages, mental health struggles, children and addictions, and so many things. So It would be a tool of the enemy to keep us from sharing those with others because of keeping up this lie of perfection. And I think what we need now more than ever is preaching that gospel to each other, remembering that it is Jesus, (laughs) it is Jesus who is the one who will transform our life. And it isn't our tight grip or our performance or our striving that's going to do that. And so if you needed that reminder, um, I'm going to pray over us. Um, It's my honor to get to do that, and I hope that you have a space where you could join me in that. Lord, I thank you that because of the gospel, we do not make ourselves right with you, that in our pursuing perfection through performing and working to gain favor from others or from you, that you have set us free, that we are no longer enslaved to the opinions of people, but we're servants of you. 
And so today, in whatever space you've placed us, give us a heart of being a servant, of of serving the ones around us, not again to gain favor, but to be just a light of what it means to live free. I pray for each mom here and all the burdens she's carrying. Um, And I do not want to add performance or perfection on top of the challenges. I pray against how those things bring division to communities, how they isolate moms from reaching out and saying today was really hard, or this is what we're going through. I pray we would be moms who meet one another in that space and we offer presence and prayer and hope and gentleness and grace that we sit with instead of advising. I thank you, Lord, for your presence that is promised to us. You will never leave us. You will sanctify and bring good from all the things in our lives. And I thank you that we can trust you more and stop striving. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, y'all, we are one week out from Don't Mom Alone going out into the world. And I tell you what, I'm actually really excited. Moms that are reading it ahead of time in our launch team are so encouraging. They are sending me messages, telling them me how it's helping them. And this sounds silly, but I put so much energy into finishing the book and then so much energy into thinking about how do we launch it well that I didn't quite think about what Ruth was talking about the beginning of this episode, the fruit (laughs) sounds so dumb. Like I didn't think about the fact that this book was going to help people. I know, I know. Um, seems kind of obvious, but it's such an encouragement to really, God has reminded me over and over again, times when I've tried to micromanage the launch of this or think in my head I knew exactly how I wanted things to go. Even with a launch party, I was trying to live up to some standard of what I thought authors did. And how he orchestrates things is incredible. So on Tuesday, October 12th, I am going to be at Logos Bookstore in Dallas, Texas. And I would love to meet you there. It's from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. It's in Snyder Plaza if you're a Dallas person. And then after that, I'm going to head over to Bubba's, which is in my book about where I had an anxiety attack. And we're going to redeem that space. We're going to have maybe a live from there. I'll definitely be there eating some fried chicken tenders to celebrate the launch of this book. And I'm, yeah, I'm just loving how God is a way better marketer than I could ever be and getting to just encourage the interviewers that I'm chatting with to get to pray with them has been such a side note blessing that I wasn't expecting. And we have new t-shirts, y'all. The moms who have been making our shirts are closing down their shop. And I thought we were going to do another one through a different shop, but they're closing down their shop. So we are doing pre-orders of the new Don't Mom Alone shirts. They're kind of like a pink with red lettering and the font of the book. They're a little more retro, funky, Don't Mom Alone shirts. And we're basically taking pre-orders until October 12th. And then you'll get your shirt like in November. And we might do another, you know, little pop-up shop again. 
but we just wanna see what the interest is. They're really soft. That was a requirement. I was like, they have to be really soft. You basically can go to Instagram in the shop highlight. You'll see them there. Um, I'll also put it in the email I send out. If you don't get those emails, you just go to olaheather.com to sign up for emails. And I'll be sending it out to our launch team and all those people. But I just wanted you to know in case you only listen to the podcast and you don't connect with me in those other places. Okay. Thanks, y'all. Appreciate you. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us, moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.